Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 commercial-free minutes for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice, this is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story last night was the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and incumbent vice president Mike Pence. It promised to be the deciding factor in the election. We were meant to hang on every single word of it. But Binkley and I did a live stream with the Make Liberty Great Again guys. We invited patrons and tweeps, anybody who wanted to come. We all had a great time, but it was just like going to a friend's house to study before a big final. It's like four in the morning. Nobody's even cracked a book. I have no idea what transpired. Everybody seems maybe a little bit inebriated on something. It got, yeah, but I mean, that's when you're at your friend's house. We were the picture of decorum, of course. No, actually, like, I don't know if anybody watching us, us watching them, if anybody was really paying attention to the debate, the only thing I really absolutely had a firm impression of was that black fly so stark against Mike Pence's white, white hair that it looked like it was actually stuck in the hairspray there. I was totally distracted. If anybody had been doing any hallucinogenics, like that would have been the moment of the debate. So you them. watched enough to get the same takeaway as the entire media, because that was the focal point of the reaction <laughs> to the debate. A fly went on his head and Mike Pence did not budge. He didn't flinch. He stayed focused. This is a focused man. It's as though during his prep, his training for this debate, that he was getting every possible distraction. Any <laughs> like Tiger Woods' dad, like yeah, they're like screaming at him in the background through baby, a megaphone. <laughs> dog barking. Let's do a fly sticks on your head. You can't flinch at all, Mike. I mean, that is that is a level of focus that, that I've never seen before. There was a point at which I expected it to actually just start drinking water out of his eyeball. Like he was a complete robot and that it could land directly on his eyeball and he would not have moved. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's, did you see that his eyeball there's speculation that he had pink eye. Of course, that's tied to what we know about COVID and pink eye because one of his eyes was bloodshot at one point during the debate. Oh my I thought perhaps the fly was communicating with him or refueling him or something, <laughs> some sort of drone. It might have been a drone. It might have been because everybody was looking for the ear, the ear buds. Like people were going to maybe, maybe he did a signal like, I don't know the answer to this question. So the little drone fly landed on his head. To give him the answer. Yeah, to tell him the answer. Yeah, it was a transmitter. It's a drone fly transmitter. That's the only explanation. And this this is the kind of conspiracy that you come to the propaganda report to hear. And it's going to be as valid as any other conspiracy <laughs> or theory that we're hearing out there. The conspiracy theories come from the mainstream media. Yeah. Like, Mike, you know, like Trump was telling people not to reveal that he had COVID, which may or may not be true, but it is a conspiracy theory. Right. But it's, you know, it's on their side. So it's OK for that conspiracy. I did go through the debate again. I can tell you a few takeaways I had other than this. I mean, really, the level of focus Mike Pence had and Mike Pence was very focused. It was funny to watch him answer, not answer the questions. Here's the thing about politicians and these debates illustrates this perfectly is they do not ask the questions that they are answered. They or they don't answer the questions that they are asked. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. 
That's they like, answer uh, the question that they want to answer. So mm-hmm. regardless of what they're asked, they go ahead and answer what they want to answer, which is just their campaign talking points. Pence would be talking, and she'd be like, we're shifting, we're shifting gears, Mr. Pence, we're shifting, Mr. VP, and then Pence would go, okay, thank you very much, I'd like to go back a little bit and talk about that other very important subject, and then he'd just spend five minutes talking about that, and he'd never actually get to the question that was, you know, put pre- presented at hand, he would respond to Kamala, and I would say that the level of sarcasm between Kamala and Pence and also the moderator subtly increased to the very end of it to where at first it was like, thank you, thank you, to where at the end it was like, oh, thank you, thank you. So you think that, so Pence was sarcastic? Pence Isn't was Pence? so sarcastic. Really? Very, it was very subtle, his sarcasm, but like at one point he said this, it was very funny because Kamala had just got done talking about climate change and the science and Fauci and she'll only take Fauci's vaccine. And then it shifts over to Pence. I believe the question, this was a, a long line of stupid questions that were asked. I believe the question was, is climate change an existential threat? As though this is a, a science class at, at Berkeley or something like that. Is that it human an, beings will no longer exist because of climate change? Yeah. Because that's what existential is about existence. Yeah. It's a stupid question. And Pence kind of... I think that's the question he responded to with, but he kind of minimized it and said, you know, we're we're going to trust the science. And he was clearly jabbing mm-hmm. at the left when he said it, but he did it with such a straight, serious face that he seemed serious about it. But there is a level of sarcasm buried underneath that mm-hmm. that I found very funny. I actually feel like the pathocracy under which we are living that is giving us these covid policies that are so much worse than COVID obviously is, is an existential threat, but I don't think COVID is. I don't think climate change is. I have tons of stuff regarding what we're talking about, but go on. The other questions that are kind of unanswerable questions that are just thrown out there to trap people so you can get sound, sound clips you can use in your ads. Was justice served in the Breonna Taylor case? That was asked to Pence. It was asked to both of them. What kind of question is that? Was justice served? So what, yes, no, you fall on either line of that? It's just, it's a setup question. And it's a lot more complicated than that. Then there was the question where, this is the last question. Pence was asked, what are you going to do? What actions, what are you going to do if... Trump refuses to leave office. What are you personally, Vice President Pence, going to do? Are you going to drag him out yourself? I mean, what kind of question is that? What was his answer? He went on to say he doesn't think they're going to lose the election. And he did point out that the the, the Democrats have been basically delegitimizing the the election for the last three years and delegitimizing the previous election. So, well, you know, my thing is that they've been doing that at least for 20 years, at least, and that they will always do that because otherwise you get some level of harmony. Yeah. It, they it's, have it's, to take democracy right. and make it feel like it's not democracy because the whole entire point of democracy is to convince us all that we are consenting. Yeah. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then they're just switching that and saying, okay, half of you are not consenting and it's like half plus one who's not consenting. Normally, it's half minus one. <laughs> so 
What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- 653-8838. And I also want to add that Neighbors 2021 seed packs, their organic seed packs, and their cool weather seed packs are all now available online at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. And that coupon code PROP will get you 10% off. So be sure and check that out. couple of takeaways that you might find interesting. I found them interesting. It was evident the way they were having the discussion about the vaccine Kamala was asked if she would take a vaccine if the Trump administration had one ready. And she said she would take one if Dr. Fauci recommended it, but not if Trump recommended it. Dr. Fauci, Trump's the head of Trump's task force who works directly for Trump. Yeah. And she was talking about how Biden has a plan, the Biden plan to fight coronavirus, which consists of national contact tracing and getting a free vaccine to tens of millions of people. And Pence responded by saying, it's it's funny the 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 Biden plan sounds a lot like the Trump plan. We're already doing all this, and and we all know that Biden has a history of plagiarism. He, he had a little quip like that. But the takeaway for me there is the Trump plan for COVID is the same as the Kamala plan for COVID, as said by Pence, which should make you stop and pause because they have this kind of you know faux fighting. Your vaccine, my vaccine, your vaccine, my vaccine, but we're still both saying vaccine, vaccine. Yes, that's my thing. You're right. Yeah, that makes me crazy. It's they act like they're they when you read articles that say that this country is more polarized than ever politically, I crack up because and yeah, when I hear the word socialism come out of Trump's mouth in a derogatory way, I mean, that makes me want to fall off my chair. This guy signed a four trillion dollar worth of deficit spending. I mean, it's absolutely insane. There is no, there's basically no difference whatsoever. And they just, I mean, and and the most important thing is that they stipulate facts, stipulate the facts not in evidence, such as the, the science about COVID, the science about vaccines, that we should have a vaccine, that these policies are the right answer. And and it totally validates all these fraudulent or uh, at least debatable assumptions. And it makes me crazy. And that is the tell that this stuff is all is just command and control at this point. Yeah. couple of more things. China came up and Pence made it clear that the Trump administration is going to hold China responsible for what they did with the coronavirus. I I mentioned that because I think this adds an extra level, as I've mentioned, since Trump has had COVID. This is the story that we're hearing now. Trump, he went to the hospital, he came back, he had COVID. So that my enemy gave COVID to me personally, I think is going to be the kind of the the feel. So I we're I think we're amping up with China, and Kamala was talking about how foreign policy is about personal relationships, which is actually what Trump says a lot. And she was talking about how it's about loyalty and you have to be loyal to your friends, which sounds a lot like what Trump is accused of saying, loyalty pledge and whatnot. But no, nobody pointed that out. It was just kind of, oh, yeah, Kamala's right. And 
you know, Kamala spent a lot of time saying trust the silence and not the silence, trust the <laughs> science. That could be a Doctor Who reference for anybody who watches Doctor Who. But Kamala is just so, so unlikable. Pence is the whitest guy ever. Like he wears socks up to the middle of his shins, that type of white dude and only New Balance white shoes. Kamala, though, is she, she had this planned moment where she went, I'm speaking. I'm speaking and it was so over the top and it was and she held it and she gave him just a like a mean look. She was She's not the as good as an actress as is necessary for that big a role. No, it was so hammed up and cheesy. It was disgusting. Really. Yeah, but All I mean, it was. reminds me of when she was battling it out with Biden on the debate stage about racism and busing and stuff. Like that all seemed yeah. very scripted. Yeah, very, yeah similar. To and that. she just wasn't up to that task. I but, I mean, and the plexiglass people, was idiotic. Yeah. They were sitting there as though they were gas station clerks with a bulletproof glass. You got to slide <laughs> the money underneath. It looked ridiculous, and they're twelve feet apart. It was just a demonstration to make people think about COVID during the debate. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so I have a couple of comments that go along with that, I think. Well, one thing I want, maybe this isn't a direct um, follow-on, but I there are a few articles in the journal today that I, I found really, really interesting. One talked about Biden saying that giving a warning to Putin. So I guess Putin said that Biden's too anti-Russia, although he does like that he wants to come to the table to continue disarmament treaties. So he kind of gave him mixed reviews, but of course it was reported as Putin takes jabs at Biden. Loves I saw Trump. it reported the opposite way. Oh, really? What as Putin was welcoming Biden in as somebody he could work with. Oh, no, this was real. And it went so far as to say Biden... But it wasn't in direct quotes, so I have to just say they paraphrase Biden as saying Russia interfering in the U.S. election will come at a significant cost. Now, that was a quote out of the journal. It wasn't a Biden quote. But Russia interfering in the U.S. election will come at a significant cost is the exact framing that the U.S. Army College or wherever that origin of the information operations officers said they would use the election for that exact thing. Like, we are telling you, this is going to be very, bad. very interesting. I thought about that, too. Trump openly kind of going after China, threatening China. Biden openly threatening going after Russia. So what do you mean? I just think it's I think it's very interesting that we have the two heads of both parties intensifying international so conflict. It's just war, something to, to really look out for. War either way? Yes. Yeah. All right. So one last thing is that they also quoted in that article that there was a Microsoft threat assessment team. So we have a defense department, defense budget that's the same as the rest of the world combined, yet it's Microsoft's threat assessment team that tells us they identify Russian hackers attacking 200 different organizations tied to the 2020 election. Are you ready to try CBD products and see why so many people swear by everything from CBD oil to body lotion to muscle rub? TrueHempscience.com is at the ready with the highest quality products they developed over decades in the business and a lifelong pursuit of nutrition, health, and spiritual well-being. 
They are eager to introduce you to the CBD experience and so confident in their products, they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and a special offer for Propaganda Report listeners. To learn more about their company, their passion, and their products, go to truehempscience.com slash propreport. And there was one other thing that had to do with the election with the Russia that I thought was interesting, or maybe not Russia, but just the election, that Facebook said it would suspend indefinitely all political and social issue advertising in the U.S. after the polls close on Election Day. I know we talked about this before, about them doing that, and I'm happy to hear your comments, but I just want to reiterate that the that the fact that places are allowing ballots, mail-in ballots, which already makes makes this whole thing super sketchy, why they're giving mail-in ballots three extra days to arrive. It should be three days prior. They should be saying, if you want to use the, the, the mail-in ballot option, you don't get till election day to make up your mind. It's a more complicated process. You're putting that process off on this date, you don't have to use that process. If you want an extra three days, you can show up on election day. But they are setting this thing up for failure. Yeah. And I mean, I actually have to reread the Constitution on this. I'm not sure that's even okay. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know what is electoral college day, if it is election day. But I consider this to be the actions of a pathocracy, of a government working against governance. Well, that email that I got from Indivisible about a month ago, or maybe three weeks ago, talking about how one of the goals between now and Election Day is to normalize the idea that the election is not decided on election night because of mail-in ballots, to get people understand, revealing that is revealing the method of the new form of election. We now have to wait a few weeks until the ballots come in. And it's interesting. I see the talk about the mail-in ballots all the time, and you will notice something if you pay attention to it closely. Everybody who writes about it, this is, these are people who are promoting the use of it, who comments on it on television, who tweets about it, anybody with the blue check mark, they will always include a little language game they put in there. There is no evidence of widespread voter fraud with mail-in votes. That word widespread is the key word because the argument... Because the response to that is, well, what about in 2018 when the Republicans in North Carolina got caught voter harvesting and they had to throw the election out and do it over? The very concern that they're one of the main concerns you have with vote by mail, vote harvesting. So the response is widespread fraud has never been proven. There's no evidence of it. So they just pull it back and say, okay, that was an isolated event. But I would say widespread usage of the ballots has never happened. You could argue that. I mean, some places do have it, but the places that have it and that it works, that was not a seat of the pants thing under panicked conditions. I mean, and I doubt they introduced it this cold in a presidential election year. Yeah. And some places do it and we should take, we should, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. When we talk to Garland, he's like, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's actually good because it leaves a paper trail. Let's do it. But you have to do it right. You have to make it work. You have to make sure all the mechanisms are in place to count it and verify it. He said it's totally doable. But yeah. of course, the devil's in the details. And Biden up in the polls, allegedly, however... Polls that are focused on people who are going to be voting at the polls on Election Day 
Trump is up. So there you go. Trump wins on election day. We've talked about this before. People can declare victory. Then they start rolling in and it starts to even up and then starts to be the the disputes, the conflicts. Yeah, that's the narrative. That's the explanation that we are being prepared for yeah. because that stuff was in the mainstream media from day one. They're like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Probably Nate Silver, you know, he's like such a can't stand his stuff. It's so obviously agenda driven. But I had I have a few more things. Um, I just looked up Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein. See if they're the same person. No, they're not. But they have the same story. I think Nancy Pelosi and these numbers. I'm I my guess is that they're grossly underestimated. But Nancy Pelosi is worth possibly one hundred and sixty million dollars, and Diane Feinstein is worth possibly a hundred million dollars, probably more. Where did these they get people, their money? Right. So this is how it works, and this is what pisses me off. So both of their husbands are in finance or investing or business or whatever. And you're supposed to think, well, they got rich because of their husbands. And my my argument is their husbands got rich because of them. I mean, there is one really famous case. I believe I verified it recently where the minimum federal minimum wage is suspended, does not apply in Guam. And that happens to be where Pelosi's husband's tuna company is. She actually has people from Guam working for him. Her husband has a tuna company? Well, he probably has a lot of things. You know what I mean? I don't think he's a tuna fisherman. I think he's an investor. And they just have a lot of things and they benefit. Uh, Just foreshadowing. These guys were insulated from insider trading laws a long, long time ago. So it's maybe fixed now. They say it was fixed now. But I just feel like you look at these people and they are absolutely so, so rich. And I I put that in the context of what Kamala Harris was saying. One of the quotes I found from her is that nobody making over $400,000, under $400,000 would be taxed. And I, I just, I have to say, as that echelon of society is actually getting poorer and the poorest are getting richer, that's fine. But- I looked it up and federal income taxes, federal income taxes, which is what she's talking about, make up $1.9 trillion of all government taxes in the country. That's $7 trillion. So it's around 25%, maybe 27% is this. So you take those people who make over 400 and you jack up their prices, their rates. You're really not going to close the deficit. You're really not going to move the dial when it comes to taxes, to revenue, but you are going to devastate that that cohort, that demographic. And that demographic, in order to get, think about, if you know anybody who makes $400,000, think about what they do. Like, think about, they probably went to school till they were 30. They probably worked 100 hours a week for 10 years. You know what I mean? You're talking about surgeons possibly or high-level management. I mean, these are people. No, I would posit that no one making over $400,000 a year, who's first of all probably paying 200 in taxes already, is A, not earning it, and B, 
they're not spending a lot of that on public services that the lower echelon just gets. They they probably have to send their kids to private schools, et cetera. So that whole thing, is, it's very social engineering. And I think it folds into what we're seeing right now in the whole COVID thing. Do you ever feel like something is not quite right with the world? Brushfire is a new libertarian thriller packed with twists and turns, including life-changing chaos, a web of government secrets, decentralized freedom cells, and utilizing every tool possible to avoid detection from state agents like using cryptocurrencies, hacking techniques, secure encrypted messaging, and a strong security culture. Henry, Maxine, and their new liberty-minded friends fight against the seemingly never-ending threat of tyranny and injustice and show how liberty in our lifetime is possible, but only through direct action. Get your copy of Brushfire today by visiting libertyunderattack.com slash brushfire or via Amazon. For audio listeners, a 15-hour audiobook has been newly released via Audible and libertyunderattack.com. I also want to add that it's I'm enjoying that book and it's got a, it's cool looking. So I think I'm going to give it to a couple of people for Christmas. Just thought I'd throw that idea out there. I have been enjoying it. Fantastic. Another story that is adding fuel to the fire today is that Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer who was charged in the death of George Floyd was freed on $1 million bond yesterday, which led the governor to activate the National Guard to help keep the peace. And protesters did take to the streets later that evening. It wouldn't surprise me if George Soros himself, I'm exaggerating, bailed this guy out because what what kind of timing is this? The guy who was pictured with his knee on the neck, the symbol for this racial division and the police brutality is released a few weeks before the election. And I wonder where he got it and why it took this long for him to get it. You would think you're either getting it or you're not getting it. They don't know where the funding came from. They said that they did see that there was a a GoFundMe like site, which is a Christian oriented site that was raising money for him. But that was a while ago. They stopped because it was too high profile of a case. So they don't tell you where he gets the money from. Right. Could it be Patrice Colors? Yeah, that's probably a, a great place to start with the head of the BLM movement. Hey, we need you out on the streets. We'll we'll get you out. We'll pay you. We need to keep that division up. So these things fueling the fire leading up to the election day and half of America believes that there is going to be violence on election day, believes that a civil war could emerge out of it. That might be a bit much, but I think the violence on election day, because both sides are sending Thousands are trying to send thousands of people across the country to the polling booths to be poll watchers. Here's a pattern I have noticed. It started with, I think it was Rumsfeld saying there would be shock and awe when they started that Iraq war again, I guess, for the second time. And it really wasn't. It really wasn't shock and awe, I think, if I recall correctly. But it's just, anyway, ever since then, every time they've gotten me riled up for something or expecting something really big, it doesn't happen that way or on that day. It just doesn't have any impact whatsoever when it's fully anticipated. 
So maybe they're gin, ginning people up, but maybe it's that it's going to be a nothing burger that helps us, you know, that that makes us kind of calm down and then they can kind of one, two punch us on something totally different. Or, I mean, I would say if there's anything to expect, it is some kind of military action, which they will say is Trump wagging the dog but might very well be something with an actual foreign policy goal. I mean, the pipeline stuff in Azerbaijan, uh, serious stuff. I don't know what's going on with UAE and Israel, but they might be cooking something up. I don't know. Yeah, you could be right on it being a nothing burger. However, people have been stirred up so much in this country that they might not be able to control that unless they were to change the messaging right away. They've gotten people riled up and ready to go on election day. And if they don't do something to quail it, they might not be able to prevent some some person from doing something somewhere, which that erupts, ends up on social media, triggers somebody somewhere else. Maybe, Maybe it's an experiment. I hear you. But yeah, it could be all that. But I just can't help but think about Linda Sarsour and all those people training their activists, their activist leaders don't you sit by the phone and do what we tell you to do, even if you don't like what we tell you, even if it doesn't make sense to you. And I just feel like they are really cultivating this thing where they can steer their swarm. But the provocateurs could break up that that uniform. But who? But the provocateurs work for them. Maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them don't. I mean, anybody can be a provocateur. I think everybody yeah, has I provocateurs hear in there. I hear you. I, hey, yeah. I feel like it's it's so controlled that they can prevent something from going viral. If they wait too late, I don't think they can. There's still protests and riots going on almost on a nightly basis. We just don't hear about it in the Where? news. Portland. In Portland and Minneapolis, there was stuff last night, not mm-hmm. much news coverage about it. So all, all right, of that yeah. stuff hasn't died down. It's just not getting right. as much coverage as it was before. Okay. Well, I mean, it would be nice. I hope not. I don't want anything to happen. This system is a big pathocracy. It's just, it works against us. It works against good governance. I have another example of that, if you have a second. So whatever they're doing, it just makes me sick because whether they're riling us up and then they'll pull back or they're riling us up and there's no controlling it. It could be a combination of both also. A little bit of stuff happens, but not... Or they're distracting us with domestic stuff so that the foreign stuff goes bananas, whatever. It is very clear that they are not working for us in any way, shape, or form. And then I think this was also on the front of the journal today. It says poverty spreads in the pandemic between 88 and 114 million people worldwide have been pushed into extreme poverty. That is living on a dollar 90 a day by the pandemic, ending a streak of declines. So I looked into these numbers a little bit. And right now, 10% of the world's population basically is living on a dollar 90 a day or less. When this stat began to be compiled in 1990, it was something like a third of the world was living like that. So we've made tremendous strides, but it reminds me just the same as uh, crime and murder, as well as traffic deaths. These things all were just receding into the distance. They, they, the problems were getting solved only to for the government to do things to just make it worse again. Racial stuff, we really could have used this technological revolution as it was and without being juiced by COVID and Obama's election 
to totally resolve that problem in a positive, harmonious way that made everybody rich. And I and I have a a, a one more point I want to squeeze in. For over forty percent of the people in sub-Saharan Africa live in that level of poverty. Think about that. Over forty percent, a dollar ninety a day. So when I hear about racial injustice and systemic racism and let's whatever, <clears throat> merely making people aware of that statistic, merely making people aware of that, and people who really care about racial injustice, they. I think that we could solve that. We could double those people, the the amount that those people live on just by focusing on it the way we focus on defunding the police. Absolutely. And if people who are pulled into these movements could go on a journey and discover that those who are organizing the movements don't want what you just described to happen because their power is gone as soon as these problems start getting solved same thing with the government in general all of the everybody in a power position needs you to need them and why would you ever need anyone if you got a potato a chicken you know roof over your head nobody needs anyone unless they feel fiscally or physically insecure that's what the left is for and the right is for fiscal and physical insecurity and as soon as you start pulling out of that as soon as crime rates go down or poverty rates go down they they absolutely jam it right down on you if you cannot see that what that that's exactly what's happening however i have a kind of enlightened aha moment of hope or at least clarity that I got from the Grimerica conversation. So we're going to air the Grimerica conversation tomorrow, but in the patron 15, I'm going to give you this little tidbit of my insight. All right. And I'm going to tell you about a special guest that the Trump campaign invited to the debate last night. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you in the patron 15 or next week. Monday's a holiday, so let's say Tuesday. On Tuesday. Have a fantastic holiday weekend. Go Braves. Go Braves.